All right. So, uh, so what's this episode called? Testing our launch with a subset of people. It's pretty boring, but whatever. So when we were going to do, you know, we had the launch planned, the launch of Alpine Components planned for Laracon Day. And the day before, uh, I was just like, you know, I pictured A, like running into all these launch problems on the day of my talk, which didn't feel great. And then B, like, I don't know. I, I just on impulse was like, hey, Jason, you want to just launch this thing today? And he's like, sure, why not? Like, yeah, right? Like, why not? Nobody, there's no gun to our head. There's no law saying we have to do it when we said we would. Um, yeah. So we decided just do it a day early. And I wrote the email and then I remembered that ConvertKit has an AB testing utility for your email subject lines. And I was like, oh, fun. Like, why not? There's really no, because every time I write a subject line, I, I wonder like, how much do subject lines matter, period? And then how, what, you know, there's so many questions involved in writing a subject line. It's like, what casing do you use? Do you just use sentence casing? But you definitely wouldn't add a period, right? And an exclamation point, like that's probably too over the top and personally in sales pitchy or something. What about emojis? Like, I like seeing emojis. Do people, it probably adds to engagement, makes people like stands out more in an email list. But is it overly markety or overly intention grabby? It is, do people interpret it as, um, you know, these are all the things that run through my head anytime I do a subject line. Do I say, do I make it more generic or more specific? Which one's better? Is it Alpine Components update number five? Or is it, uh, here's a new free thing you can grab right now? Or is it Alpine Components colon and then, you know, whatever. There's so many things that go into that decision-making process to write a subject line. I wish I had really good answers for that, for those things in general. Um, So, but that's not what this is about at all. It's just that that's a struggle. And I saw that AB button or whatever. I just remembered that they had it. And I was like, oh, okay, so I could actually write, I could take two different approaches completely and A-B test them. And then ConvertKit will just like send a chunk to one portion of your audience and then the other subject to a different chunk and compare the chunks and whichever one does better, it'll send to the rest of the list. I'm like, perfect, fine, whatever. This is no big deal. So I just like do the A-B test, add a second subject line. It takes two seconds, hit publish, submit. Okay, so I do that. And then I realize, wait a second, they have to test these metrics. So this is what ConvertKit does. For the first hour, they send it to one subject line, or maybe the first 15 minutes. They send uh, to a, th- to um, so they take a third of your audience as a, the third of your email list as a test. And they take half of that third, and they send it to the first subject line. And then 15 minutes later, they send the other half of that third to the other subject line. And then they wait four hours and collect the data, and then send the rest, the other two thirds to the rest of the people with the subject line that won. And I realized that after I sent the email, I was like, oh man, like I was supposed to be publishing this in the morning and now I'm literally going to be, two thirds of the people are going to be waiting four extra hours into the afternoon, which is like bad for time zones, you know, um, for a lot of people, I think. So I think it's like kind of not a great time to publish something at like 4 p.m. or something in Eastern time. So whatever, I think, uh, so that happened and it was, so I, like one started to be sort of a clear winner at first to pull ahead. And I was like, okay, so I can actually end the AB test and you can just end it and just not finish it and not send it to the other two thirds. So what I did was that because I actually just was not under, I didn't really care about the results of one subject compared to the other. 
I was just underwhelmed by the results of of the emails themselves, you know, like the open rates just on those emails, period, either one of them didn't matter, the subject line and the, the sales rates themselves. So, um, and then I, like it turned into like an unintended benefit that I was like, oh my gosh, I get a new lease on life. I can now test out a different launch strategy with the other two thirds of people. And that's when we decided to, let's not do this early launch for everybody else. Let's send an email to the other two thirds that's just like, hey, we're launching tomorrow. Here's the price and kind of undo some of the marketing sins that I talked about because I had a chance, a new lease on life. And then I sent the normal marketing email to everybody who wasn't on my A-B test list, my little A-B test failure list. So if you're listening to this, there's a chance that I launched it early for you. And there's a chance that I launched it when you thought I was going to launch it, which is interesting how you can how multiple universes can exist with this stuff. Um, so one takeaway for me was test everything. Like, why not? Why not test? You know, why not? Like, why in the future don't I do that with a subset of people? Is like, give, you know, I mean, there's something, I think at some level, there's something deceitful about like, prov- I don't know. That's always the risk with any of these marketing strategies is um, being deceitful. And in so many ways, you can like innocently be deceitful. And I hope this isn't one of those ways. But this applies to anything. It's like any product. Like, is it a good, you know, find the MVP, test it with a small audience, see if there's any traction before you really invest big in it. And I think the same kind of goes with a launch. Like, you can actually test a launch with a subset of people and then mark them in your email list as like tested with this thing so that they don't, you don't get them confused and with another thing. Um, and it's really easy doesn't have to be a complicated A-B test thing. You can just split your list in half or tag half of it one way and tag the other half the other way. Like there's so many ways to do this. That's really easy. So I think that's fun. I love that, um, that you can like, I love that. I know that decisions are hard. I get like major decision fatigue and it's really nice to know that I can actually just make two decisions. You know, I can take the decision and I can make, um, I, yeah, I can decide two things and see which is the better decision after the fact, you know, and then do that thing, which is great because if you don't, you don't know if your decision was the best decision. You just know that it was the decision and things turned out good or bad. You don't know what would have happened with the other decision. And that's why A-B tests are so cool. And this is kind of a meta example because it was an A-B test that I canceled and did my own meta A-B test around the A-B test. But yeah, A-B tests are cool in everything. Like A-B test everything. If, if there's a decision that you're making that can be A-B tested, you should do it. And I'm not even talking about even tech, like anything. Um, why not, you know? Uh, that's a great way to like inform yourself is to actually use feedback and data. I mean, that's just obvious. We do that in every way. Like we know that fast feedback loops are really good. Having a feedback loop is really important. That's how you iterate and improve. Um, so why wouldn't you apply that to marketing and your strategy and the way you write a subject uh, in your email, everything, you know, I guess the, the, the other marketing risk is of course, over-optimization where there are dark patterns that might convert better than, than light patterns. Um, and so there's things like autoplay on a video. When somebody lands on a page and you start autoplaying a video, you know, you're going to get more engagement with that video, but it's really intrusive and you don't want something to autoplay. So I had, I actually do have autoplay on the live wire docs and I'm fine with it because you're hitting a screencast button you're going there to watch screencasts. I don't even know how much it matters, but, um, with the Alpine components, I had one of the components auto playing the free one auto plays when you go on it. 
and whatever. Like a few people were like, that's like pretty intrusive or one person gave that feedback. And, and I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Yep. It's, you don't want that. People don't want that. So take it away. You know, it's a little painful. Um, so th- that's a dark pattern, I think. Uh, well, I don't want to label it as a dark pattern because I do use it on Livewire. Um, I'm not tied to it. I don't think it matters that much. But there's a lot of little things like that that in theory or in reality convert better but are more annoying. I mean, obviously, like a big dumb popover when you're reading a news article or something. I don't know. There's like a million things that give you more money that suck for your users. And that that's all this stuff. Like, isn't there uh, somebody... Who was it? Is it the like... Um, Oh, I wish I remembered. Somebody wrote a like, just don't do bullshit article or something. And I think it was, I'm like really bad with internet names these days lately. And what is it? The guy who did atomic design, atomic design author. And I'll just search for two sec. Brad Frost, Brad Frost, article, article, bs or bullshit and then death to bullshit that's what it is brad frost death to bullshit and he describes what is bullshit and like pop-ups jargon junk email anti-patterns sensationalism begging for likes tracking scripts marketing spam dark patterns unskippable ads clickbait link bait listicles seizure induced banners captchas qr codes barely visible unsubscribe buttons 24-hour news networks carousels autoplaying audio that's funny. Autoplaying audio is on there. Bloatware, sudden redirects to the app. Yeah, these are all, I think it's great. Um, so if you're looking for like to know what is bullshit, um, Google death to bullshit by Brad Frost. And that's like a really good guide. If, like if you don't have the sense for it yourself or need a reminder like I do sometimes, um, that's a great reminder what is actually bullshit. So where did this episode start? Uh, I don't even know. It was about this A-B test launch um this impulse launch thing and there was something else in there that i wanted to cover at some point and i don't really remember but that's the gist yeah a b test everything because why not um yeah decision making fatigue subject lines yeah you're listening to me yeah i know i'm on a podcast and i'm actually just sitting here thinking about the thing i wanted to say um so yeah let's just sit here in silence and see if I can remember it. Subject lines, copywriting, design, decision fatigue. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Well, I'll be seeing you. Have a good weekend.